ever, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of The Carve Up. You're with Silky and Harrow. And joining us in the studio today is a good friend of the show's. He's a former pro surfer himself. He's the founder of Bondi Board Riders. He's got a villa in Bali that he calls home. And uh, most recently, he's become an author. It gives me a great pleasure to welcome to the studio. Good mate of mine, Elksy, Matt Elks. Welcome to the carve up, mate. Thanks, mate. Now, uh, you're doing a bit of a tour. You've just released your second book, Bondi Bali and Beyond. I know I've been following you on social media. You've been down the south coast, up, you know, up to Byron. You've been doing a, a bit of an east coast leg. Firstly, tell us a bit about the book and what have you been up to? Yeah, um, well, I took advantage of pre-Chrissy sales and I came back from Bali and uh, fortunately I had a few books with me in that and, and decided to do a book launch tour just to uh, broaden my reader base. So I ended up doing uh, nine book launches, which I kind of just organised over Facebook with uh, friends who had cafes or surf shops and um, yeah, I ended up going through Kiama, down to Tathra, out to Jindy, up to Newcastle, Yamba, Byron, D-Bar and Burley. And Burley was great. Finished there catching up with an old mate from Bondi, Shane Horan. Not a bad trip. <clears throat> yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, I caught up with a lot of people. My, my wife actually doesn't really believe I was doing a book launch. She just thought <laughs> I was up and down the coast having a party. Just tell us a little bit about the book. You, you've written two books, Scum Valley, which we'll touch on later. But the second book, the most recent book, Bondi, Bali and Beyond, just tell our listeners a little bit about the, the, the latest book. Okay, the latest book is a collection of uh, short stories, uh, which all relate to beach culture, of course, mainly surfing culture. But uh, they span probably five or six decades. There's a couple of interviews in there which uh, I threw in, which were kind of uh, timeless. One was with my uncle Bonza who won the, uh, Robert Connelly, who won the uh, World Junior title in 64, won the first Bells in 65. And the other one was with the Willis brothers after Big Wednesday in 98. So there were uh, two interviews I had up my sleeve and I could slip them in and uh, it, it's good. People are enjoying them. Mate, well, tell us a little bit more about your connection with Bondi. You obviously started the board riders back in the day and now. Is there many of your mates still in Bondi? Have they left to go to Bali or are they up the coast? Like when you're in Bondi, did you catch up with them? Yeah, uh, funny you should say that because I, I, I got out there for a wave this morning. I went down and met a few old crew and, and the boys down there at the PAV and, and Laurie Williams was uh, was uh, good enough to lend me a board and some boardies. I got out there and got a few in the corner. It felt like old times. It was home. But uh, yeah, I, I di only bumped into a couple of phases in the water um, but it was still good to see there was a lot of energy out there and, and people were enjoying themselves and that's the main thing. Now, actually, when I was a grommet, you know, late 80s, early 90s, you started Bondi Board Riders. And one thing I do remember fondly, although I didn't go, but, you know, Luke Hitchings and, and Tom Witts and a few of the other guys went, you took a crew of young, young guys over to Hawaii and they hung out at Garrett McNamara's house and hung out with Buttons. You know, there was some great adventures in those early days of Bondi Board Riders. Yeah, well, um, we were very fortunate uh, after I'd opened my shop down in Bondi in 89 and, and started uh, Bondi Board Riders that um, after, you know, we had a few meets and that and uh, Shane kind of proposed to me, let's let's take him to Hawaii. I can get a house there at Velzi and we'll just throw all the boys in there and, and, and uh, you know, give them all that experience, of course. And, and uh, 
Shane used to explain it as a vacuum with the older guys giving the input into the beach and vacuuming the younger, hotter guys and that, you know, um, into becoming, you know, real uh, champions, which happened a lot in Bondi, okay, over, over the decades, as, as you well know. But, uh, yeah, we all ended up in Hawaii and uh, Kavika and Butts and the boys looked after us and, and yeah, we kind of had a free pass out at Velsey and, and we actually had the first um, tag team contest uh, with a uh, Hawaiian team, uh, international one ever held in, in uh, Hawaii in 91 and that was great. We had James Labrador and, and uh, of course, Liam and, and Garrett and the boys and that. And uh, I think we ended up beating him two sets to one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Great memory. Well, mate, the Bondi Board Riders at the moment, Ian Wallace is the president. And they've got a very strong team. They've had some success this year and last year. Mate, tell us about the, the, the current crop. And uh, have you been in contact with those guys since you've been back? Well, actually, um, Ian stays in touch with me over Facebook quite a bit. And, of course, I see his posts and that. And I'm always encouraging it, of course. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm quite proud of the legacy that I have left, not that I ever set out for it to, you know, um, be so successful and, and involve so many kids and, and give them the opportunity to, to aspire to become pro surfers in, in a club. But, um, yeah, the, as far as I see, I saw Perth charging, um, owls and, and places like that. Um, if that's the standard, uh, that the boys are aspiring to at the moment in the club, then, you know, they're going to be a good force to reckon with. Well, let me tell you, you know, I was there when you first kicked off in 89 as a cadet and I've gone full circle, you know, and I think a lot of people in the area that, that are still left are going full circle. So my kids, my eight-year-old daughter, we've got Bondi Borderers had their registration this Friday night up at the, at the Diggers at the golf club. So if there's anyone out there who wants to sign up, there's a free plug for you, Wal. But, you know, I'll be there to sign my kids up, six and eight, so... I'll be back surfing in the Masters and it's gone full circle for me. So I was there at the start, you know, as you get into your kind of late late 20s, early 30s, work takes precedence, but I'm back. I'm, I'll be there for every board rider. So you talk about the legacy, it is a good legacy. And I've got to say, there's that many kids down there now. Like My kids are in the micro, micro groms. Yeah. So you've got them, you've got the, the groms, cadets, juniors. Second generation. You've got the Masters and the Grandmasters. So, mate, you should be proud of, uh, you know, what you've left and, behind. And the culture's definitely changed. Um, <clears throat> but in saying that, uh, these young kids and that, of course, they're still on the same surf stoke that we were. And as much as that, you don't have the hundred or 200 guys hanging down at Bondi and the different crews and yeah. that, like when we were young kids and, and going through an apprenticeship as a grommet and that, um, to have those ranks in a, in a structured board riders club and uh, uh, to see those kids enjoying it and that, of course, is, is what it's all about. So it doesn't really matter what the culture's doing as long as the kids are enjoying it and that's the main thing. Yeah, mate. Well, in the first book, Scum Valley, you, you make reference to um, the 80s and 90s and the real estate really pushing the locals out and the cafe set setting up. So now all that cafe set and the new kind of parents that are sort of our vintage are bringing their kids through <coughs> And that's, how, that's what's keeping the club alive. Yeah, well, I, I can see that. And there was actually uh, quite a, a while there where it seemed as though the club was in a little bit of doldrums and stuff like that because there was a big transition. Of course, uh, a lot of the, the fabric of the community, a lot of the people who used to live there 
when the investment money came in and that it pushed them out, a lot of people ended up or down the coast or out into different areas and that because of the expense and that. But in saying that, um, there are crew who are still down there. Um, you don't see too many of them, but they are there. <laughs> and they definitely come out at board rider uh, meets. And, you know, as Coop said, you know, bring bring their kids and stuff like that. So, I mean, I suppose it's... Uh, it's it's a bastion of what you know um we grew up with as a club and it's still there so it's really important you know um not only to, of course to the young kids who are enjoying it but but of course to the people who were there originally back in 89 and 90 and that when it was originally formed and you're right it's about getting the balance mate i had a chip on my shoulder for years you know like <coughs> all the you know the blow-ins as we call them and, and everything else and you know we were a laughing stock for many, many years, you know, but when I get down there, I've got a, I've got a new sense of pride about it just because I see the young kids and you're right. Like, you know, there's no grommet abuse or, you know, getting dacked <laughs> and bashed and whatever else that used to happen to us Tied as up. kids. But you know, times have changed and you just, instead of fighting it, I've learned to accept it. And I think, yeah. you know, it'd be the same over at Manly, it'd be same up the coast. So yeah, yeah. it's just kind of adapting to, to what's going on on the beaches. Well, actually you've taken um, the words out of my, uh, which are in one of the stories in the Bondi, Bali and Beyond book. And it, it basically touches like, you know, a lot of uh, my generation and a little bit older than that, we were in Bali in the seventies and the early eighties and that. And to see what's happened to that as far as numbers in the water and that's concerned and how that's turned into a bit of a basket case and that. But, you know, you've got to come back to acceptance. Okay, if you don't want to deal with that, don't go surfing Ulu. There's other places and that. But everyone deserves their time in the water. You know, they're all there on the same surf stoke. They mightn't kind of understand that they should be showing a few guys that look just like old guys in the lineup a bit more respect. (laughs) But, you know, um, they've been brought up with a different set of rules with surfing. They've they've learnt through surf schools. They haven't done 10 years at the beach where the first couple of years they weren't even allowed to paddle out the back. Um, You know, and there was a lot of other punishment which went through that. And some guys, like I remember my uncle Bonzo telling me about Damien Lovelock of the Celibate Rifles in the 60s. He went down to the Hep Pit, you know, the office of the boys in South Bondi and that. And uh, Jack Bluey Mays and, um, you know, Mickey Dooley and everyone else and that, Kevin Brennan. And he kind of didn't get on. And uh, as soon as one of the, he didn't get on with one of the older guys, he was basically shunned. And he kind of gave away surfing and took up body surfing after that, um, you know. And but that's the kind of effect. It wasn't. It wasn't a place where um, <clears throat> you could just stroll down the beach and and just infiltrate one of the crews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were born and bred into it, and there was loyalties and, and respect had to be shown. Well, let's just touch on the beach because last night. Uh you went to a meeting with Red Ted and a few of the old timers who were trying to get Bondi registered, I suppose, is the word, as a, as a surfing reserve. Can you just give us a little bit of detail about that? Yes, well, um, there's a, a groundswell movement at the moment to get uh, Bondi as a surfing reserve, which actually just gives it um, a little bit more protection um, when it comes to people wanting to do things there, uh, which is always a good thing. And... Um, uh, there's a, ma- a man called Terry Jenkins, who's an old school Bondi um, uh, person, who's heavily involved in trying to get the museum, uh, surfing museum, in at the pavilion, uh, which I think's uh, 
you know, it's hands down. It should be. There is that much rich history uh, that needs to be documented um, from, you know, when that the pavilion and the surf club were actually built, which is what, in the early 20th century, uh, stemming right till now. And there's been world champions, there's been, you know, elite surfers and water persons um, which really deserve to have uh, the recognition of a museum because, you know, back in the day, these guys, they weren't following beach culture. They were actually, um, you know, their emergent ideas and and, they were creating and, it. and that were actually creating it. So, yeah. Well, mate, back in the day, there was a bit of a rift between the lifeguards and the surfers. But these days, a lot of the surfers are the lifeguards. And if you just take Bondi, for instance, all those guys, well, a lot of those guys rip and they're a part of the board riders. It really has changed. Oh, definitely. Um, there's definitely been different dynamics in play with the lifesavers and the surfboard riders. Uh, back in the day, we had some uh, very strict lifesavers, head lifesavers and that, who just take your board as soon as you went one foot into the yeah, flagged area uh, back in the day. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you see Kerbox there and, and those other young guys and that, of course, they're they grew up at the beach and that. They all surf and that. Um, yeah, it's, it's – and especially kind of all being uh, stars now and that. They, they – um, <laughs> <laughs> Harry's and Whippet. Yeah, well, you know. Good luck to them. Yeah, Now, the book, the book, mate, it's called Bondi, Bali and Beyond. And the first book, Scum Valley, where can we get them? Uh, they're available at uh, Gertrude and Alice uh, Bookshop in uh, Hall Street. Uh, or if you want to go to the Scum Valley Facebook page uh, and scroll down in the timeline, there are links where you can buy it online. Uh, $22 delivered to your door, bon, uh, Bondi, Bali and Beyond, and $29 uh, Scum Valley uh, delivered to your door. And finally, mate, Villa Selena, give her a plug. Villa Selena, my little uh, Shangri-La in North Bali. Um yeah, well, it's funny how you end up in places because at 45, I didn't have much in the pocket. Uh, I met my, uh, well, I got married, um, late start, I, I suppose, and I've ended up with Villa, Villa Selena in the north of Bali. And uh, when I bought the land on the beach, I didn't even think there was a wave there. Well, little did I know, first big trade winds, we are uh, two, three foot uh, morning glass, uh, not a surf for 100 miles. Um, some people are doing it tough. <laughs> Elsie, mate, really appreciate you coming in today. It's been good to chat and uh, let's have a catch up for a beer, eh? Love to, mate. Always a pleasure talking to you, Coops. There you go. Matty Elks, we're back in a sec. You're on the carve up. Okay, well, welcome, Craig Brokenshaw with the Swellnet weekend forecast, mate. Finally, some waves on the East Coast. Oh, it's been a long time. I was last night, Manly. It was just onshore, four to five foot junk. But I've never seen so many people in waves like that. Everyone's so desperate. Yeah, it was I saw good it though, too, mate. It was uh, from the Queensy to North Stain Strip. There was about three hundred ants just oh, out in the lineup. Easy. Yeah. On any other day during the year, there'd be two, three people out, me included, probably. But yeah, it was. It's, everyone's been desperate. This morning was good though. Three to four foot. Well, it's mate, good. Tell us how's the um, forecast for the weekend looking? Is this swell going to hang around? And um, start off with the Goldie, mate. How's, how's it looking up there? The Goldie, finally they're getting waves. The points are pumping. You know, it's three to four foot. 
we should see the swell peak um, today, like which is Friday. I'm just yeah, um, and it will slowly drop off over the weekend. Like so, easing three to four foot on Saturday, down to three foot Sunday. But you'll have to hit up the beaches because the winds are going to be going more northwest, and the points will just be kind of shredded, you know, bits. Um, Northern New South Wales is the same. Head up the beaches in the morning, easing three to four foot surf on Saturday. Um, in Sydney, we're going to be a bit smaller, dropping from two to three foot on Saturday down to like one to two foot on Sunday. And then there's a subtly change coming. And, mate, what about uh, further south down in Vico and South Australia? How are they looking for the weekend? Vico, it was last weekend. That was the weekend to surf because Saturday's tiny increasing onshore winds and then a bit more swell on Sunday, but it's going to be like bumpy two to three foot surf coast and a ride up on the Mornington Peninsula. Tassie, if you want to surf on the east coast Saturday morning, it'd be one to two foot and then um, Sunday south arm have a little one to two foot wave. And mate, how about over in the west, Margaret River and the, uh, the southwest? So Margaret River is probably for the second time in this podcast series, the pick of the pick of the peak of the week. Um, Winds are going to be really strong. There's like an ex-tropical kind of like cyclone. I can't remember if it reached cyclone strength, but um, tropical low weakening moving south. So the winds will be really strong offshore, but we should see the swell being the four to five foot on Saturday and then easing off um, through Sunday. And then South Australia is just no go, like building onshore, stormy swells Saturday and Sunday. So Margaret River, the peak of the week, mate. No, the long Margaret River. Yeah, but yeah, it'd be yeah. probably good. Maybe maybe pack the kite in there so you can go for a bit of a surf and uh, yes, yeah, surf and kite surf. And mate, is looking forward to next week. Is there anything on the horizon? Um, so next week there's no. I'm just thinking. I haven't had a close look. I don't. There might be more trade swell up on the Gold Coast, but yeah, I haven't had a close look at that yet. All right, mate, so check out uh, the Swell check out Surf Forecast to check out for next week. But uh, thanks, Craig, for phoning in, and uh, we'll catch you next week, buddy. All right, catch you guys. See ya. Okay, Silks, just to wrap up the show, mate, big shout-out to Cole Burrows' Ty Watson. He took out the WQS 1000 up at Cabarita during the week. Mate, he's a plumber. He's just a battler from the South Coast. He took out the American Cam Richards in the final. Great to see an Aussie win an event on this tour. And uh, Ty Watson Plumbing, we'll give him a plug there. Ty Watson Plumbing, make your drain sing. Yeah. So, mate, good on your time. Best of luck for the rest of the event. This is the Carver. Dude, just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. 